listening Elsa Sydney Bouncer Podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's your boy Carnell, aka it's Mr. Nick Williams, aka the Sydney Bouncer, coming to you directly from my office here in New South Wales, Australia, via West Auckland, New Zealand. What's good, everybody? I know it's uh, it's been one of those, you know, it's been one of those months, one of those, you know, last couple of months has been pretty shit, and uh, we could probably say that the whole year is sort of being kind of shit, and. Um, you know, a lot of people right now, we're going, you know, we're dealing with the coronavirus, um, you know, worldwide, globally, the impact, the deaths, uh, whatnot. But, um, you know, on this side, we still keep going, you know, on the podcasts. And, um, you know, I still talk with a lot of the boys that are, um, you know, bouncers out there globally. So my guest today, um, he goes by the name Big Choco, uh, Big Choco, Chris, you know, all the way from Chicago. I got him, I got him on the line today, so we're going to have a catch up. And uh, talk to you a bit about our brother. What's good? What's up? What's up, Big Choco? Kiora, brother. Ah, Kiora. I like that. <laughs> yeah, surprised you there. I'm surprised. Oh damn, man! You you caught you caught me off you caught me off guard with that one, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, before we begin, uh, I should probably drop a, a content disclaimer, man. You know, warning: this this episode may contain explicit language, depictions of violence, and and we'll skip it banned. So. Listener discretion is heavily advised for this motherfucker, man. Oh. Especially since I've, I've, hey, especially since I've literally just poured up my first round of Jameson. So the, you know, the crazy train definitely has the potential to fly off the tracks during this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it, and it's funny because I, I was literally just talking to uh, one of the guys I interviewed. Um, I think it was uh, a few weeks ago. And he was saying to me, he messaged me um, after he heard the interview and he was, because his podcast, and he was kind of like, bro, do you want to know something? I said, yeah, what's that? He goes, man, I got, I got fucking wasted um, before I, <laughs> before I jumped on it. And I, and I said to and I was just kind of like, bro, I said, uh, in my head, I was just like, uh, you're not the first one. I said, the first guy I did in New York, he was smashed, man. Like he was fucking <laughs> he was drinking and he just went off. He just went off. Nah, that's good, man. I think so, those are some of the best conversations, man. When you're drunk, you tell the truth. Bro, you know, that's it, man. You, you, you tell the truth and people, <laughs> people don't like it, but hey, man, it's real. I know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know the amount of time the amount of times I've gotten in trouble for the shit I say when I'm intoxicated, man. Oh, fuck. oh the shit I, feel, I say and the shit I do. I know. I feel like I should be having a drink too, man. You know, because fucking like I was telling you, <laughs> like I was telling you before, this is hey. this, yeah, man. This is the first time. Like, I live uh, in a yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, bro. I, I was gonna say I, li- I live in an uh, urban area, so you know if you hear dogs and sirens and cars bumping and all kind of bullshit in the background, man. Life in the city, man. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. It's like um, I should, like I was saying, man. I should be having a drink too, because you know what? This is the first. Uh, my kids have been home for like fucking, bro, like six to eight weeks now, and um, they haven't Ooh. been out the house. And so, funny, uh, funny enough, like just this morning, you know, they've gone off to school. They've got this um, thing where it's just kind of like they want to do one day a week, you know, for this whole coronavirus bullshit. Um, right, you right. know, where they want to kind of bring them back into school because it's been a long time. I tell you, man, the fucking hardest thing is trying to fucking teach kids like online. Like, I, 
you know, I got to give love to the teachers because it's like fucking I've been at home trying to school my kids and I'm not the smartest dude, man. Like, you know, not, I ain't fucking, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not the smartest dude. And like, you know, I'm not fucking, I got no idea. You know, it's funny because my kids are like really young, five and six, and I'm trying to teach them about shit. And I'm, I'm looking at it and some of the questions I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm stumped and I'm like, fuck, this is five year old, six year old. Work. So man, I'm just like, yeah, 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 I need to be, I need to be having a drink later on this morning as well, man. But um, big I'm surprised after six weeks uh, with, 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 with the, everybody in the house, you're just now wanting a drink. <laughs> yeah, man. But you know what? Like it's, um, it's one of those things. Cause I'm like, with, uh, with having the boys at home, I thought, fuck man. Uh, you know, cause my boys are pretty full on. You know they're they're Islander boys, so you know they're pretty full on, and um, and uh, you know what? After about the first or second week, like I just I actually really enjoyed having them at home with me, you know, and uh, I felt oh, like uh, cool, yeah. yeah, I felt like I got a bit more um, you know, a bit more closer with my boys, and um, yeah, yeah I got get... to connect, got to connect, yeah, to man. Connect well, not just that, but I never let them play PlayStation. It's sort of like the first time I let them fucking play PlayStation. <laughs> So when they're, when they're supposed to be doing schoolwork, I'm like, fuck this, man. Don't fucking jump on the PlayStation. <laughs> so I was sort of like crazy. But man, you know, what's what's good? What's good, brother? What's what's happening on your side, man? You know, what's uh, what's good? Tell us about yourself, man, and, you know, what's, what's going on? Um, shit. Um, you know, I bullshit you not. Every time I listen to you, I start literally running through scenes from Once Were Warriors, bro. <laughs> I don't know why, but, I, but I, it's like I, I catch little nuances from the dialect, and I'm like, yeah, that scene right there. You know, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for you to start to, to start screaming out, "Uncle, fuck That is the OG, man. That is the OG. Oh, that's that's cla- the, that is a classic. That's, that's the a OG. Classic, oh yeah, but you, you know, it's funny, man. Honestly, that is reality. That was reality. It's not, you know, it's not as. I mean, it's still around, but you know, it was reality when I was growing up. Not, not in my, you know, not so much in my family, but you know, that was reality. Fucking growing up in New Zealand is what sort of worries, and it's crazy because a lot of the um, American guys like yourself, they're like, man, fucking, they always bring it up, and I'm sitting, and I just laugh, <laughs> and I'm like, you guys know that Bro, you, you guys got more material than us, man. We didn't come out with fucking the Fridays, and we didn't come out with the boys in the hoods and all that shit, man. <laughs> Well, you know something. When I when I first saw that movie, the opening scene, I thought it was America, bro. Yeah. I mean, that shit. That shit looks, you know, like uh, the the group war says. You know, the world is a ghetto, man. Like the hood is the hood, no matter where the fuck you go, man. Yeah, man. That's right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And that's um. Oh man, you just you make me laugh. That makes me laugh so much, man. Um, what's going What's going down on your side, bro? What's What's that? What's happening, man? What's um. Yeah, you know, tell us, tell, 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 tell the listeners, you know, a bit about yourself and you know your background and and bouncing. And I know we're sort of just swaying off the bouncing a little right now, but you know, tell us a bit about yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Um, well, basically, I'm a, a gray bearded, heavily uh, yet crudely tattooed Puerto Rican um, by the grace of God or, or the devil. I don't, I don't <laughs> know which one. Um, but somehow I've survived into my late forties, man. So, you know, I'm an old schoolie. Mm. Um, I'm a little distraught at the moment, however, though, man, you know, I, I got the COVID lockdown body going on and I'm looking like I'm about nine months pregnant. <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 I caught a side view 
in right. the mirror like two days ago. Yeah, and man. I'm like, who the hell is this fat motherfucker in my man. house, man? I feel you. you know, I like, feel you. Like, oh shit, I'm the I'm that fat motherfucker, you I, know. I got you. you. Know? I, I feel hundred percent feel you on that one, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Man. But but yeah, man, you know, um I'm originally from the Shy, you know, Chicago, the Windy City, Shy Town, Shy Rack, whatever whatever host of monikers you wanna go with. Mm. Um as far as uh, security goes, you know, uh, I've really slowed down on the bounty. You know, yeah. I do more count, uh, like consulting and supervision and uh, grunt work these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, free, I, you know, I freelance throughout the Chicagoland area, in the city, of course, but also the surrounding suburbs, some of the neighboring counties as well. You know, I've also did the, you know, the planes, trains, and automobile gigs, but uh, Chicago's the hub, man. Like we were talking about earlier, you always find yourself back. Mm. Uh, you know, this COVID-19, you know, like you were talking about, man, that, that just put everything on lockdown as far as bars and venues go, man. So bouncing is uh, still a no-go right now. Mm. Uh, but I think they're talking around reopening the hospitality sector sometime in July. Um, at least that's the rumor mill for Illinois. We'll mm. see what happens, man. What about you guys over there, man? Did they shut you guys down or what? Yeah, yeah. So basically what happened over here is... Um yeah, they shut us down. All the clubs and uh, clubs and pubs and and whatnots all closed down. So uh, there's no word on when it's gonna sort of you know reopen. Um, but you know the effect of it was has been fucking huge, especially for a lot of my boys over here, um, the ones that work primarily you know just with bouncing. Because over here you can sort of um, you can work sort of like a nine to five. You know, you can get you can get those forty hours a week. Um, you know, uh, bouncing over here because you know establishments uh, just open like you know to early hours in the morning. Um, but they're sort of like they're they're also like professional establishments. So um, sort of like mini casinos everywhere um, around Sydney. Uh, I think we're the we're the biggest for gambling. Um, so yeah, we just have a lot of that going on. But a lot of my guys over here they lost out on work. Uh, and that's what their sole income was. So it's one of those industries where you just feel fuck. Mm. But I was I was lucky, man. Like um, I was pretty lucky because the week before I accepted this other job, you know, getting back on the road, um, hitting up mobile patrol and security, and um, I sort of came in at a back burner. Just needed a little break, and then um, I sort of finished up at the at the pub on the on a, I think it was like a Tuesday or something like that. And then the um, and then it went into lockdown like the Friday, and luckily I had jumped ship, so I was able to stay in you know stay employed, and uh, I'm look it's okay. not yeah I was still I was still able to sort of stay employed, and um, sort of have that money coming through, and then you know a lot of the guys they just fucking oh man I feel you know I feel for them because they just lost out you know what I mean like these this is how they fucking make their bread and butter and you know support their families. And um, these fucking sh- yeah. shitty security companies, you know, um, you know, they that's it's the thing about Australia, man. They just fucking uh, they just try and undercut you big time, man. And um, as I spoke to like a couple of my other guys, I said, man, you know, when this COVID nineteen shit's over, uh, the money that the boys were getting paid in the club, you know, to bounce. Mm. I said, when they go back, these fucking these companies are not gonna they're not gonna pay them the same money. You know, they, they're going to fucking right. make up some shit like, oh, we, we took a hit and everyone's going to get undercut. So in the long run, like, I can just sort of see it now and I go, fuck, man, you know, 
I said, I'm, I'm grateful that I got out. I'm grateful that I got not got out, but I got, you know, I got into something different um, that was essential. But at the same time, I feel for my guys because it's just like, fuck, uh, you know, a lot of them ringing me up. Nick, you got some work, you got some work. And I'll try and, I'll try and link them with the contractors that I do have, um, you know, and, and then I'll pass them on and, and whatnot. But it's just like, fucking, I try and, this is what I've been trying to tell people for years, you know, you can't rely on bouncing as your only source of income. I said, because fucking oh, at, yeah. the, at the end of the day, man, like you get hurt, you ain't getting paid. You know, you, you you get fucking, you know, something happens to you, you ain't getting paid. There's no legal, there's no legal shit over here. Like everyone's getting paid that cash money, you know? So you can't be yeah. going and fucking whining to the government and saying, hey, look, I fucking, um, oh, I can't get no, uh, you know, I got no job, um, whatnot. You can't go ask for benefits because they'll ask you, oh, who's your employee? You can't tell them who your employer is. It's just the way it is over here. You know, you don't fucking, yeah. you don't say nothing. So they're going to say, well, you haven't paid tax for whatnot. You know, it's, it's a fucking, it's a shit, it's a shit go. But it's just like, um, at the end of the day, man, I got to do what I got to do to fucking keep my family, you know, going. So it's a bit, it's been a kick up of the ass, like for fucking all of us over here, bro. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, fucking we, we sort of get through. But what about, what about your guys? What about you, you guys over there, man? Like, how did you, um, so you, are you working on, are you doing something on the side or, uh, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a construction heavy laborer. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that shit never, <laughs> never shit stops. Never fucking goes out of, yeah. And the shit never goes locked down. You know, my employer is kind of like Drago when they asked him if Rocky about, uh, Apollo Creed, he's like, if, he, if they die, they die, you know, mm-hmm. but fuck it. You know, you're going to go out there and work motherfucker. But, uh, <laughs> but like you say, man, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's a good thing, man. You know, yeah. on that subject, though, of COVID-19, man, you know, I, I do want to shout out all our security personnel, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, who are essential on the front lines, man, hospital security especially. You know, every day I see these security workers, you know, posting over Facebook and Instagram, you know, about not being supplied PPEs and shit, just like you said, mm. you know, companies don't give a fuck, right? That's right. You know, so, you know, I think if you're on your here listening, man, especially those in security, Man, you know, start hashtagging and stand with security, man. Show these brothers and sisters some love and support, man. Mm-hmm. You know, 100%. 100%. Because it's like, um, so when you, which, um, so you guys are not due to get back in, open up any uh, hospitality until July. Is that, is that, um, is that what? From, the... you know, from what, you know, like I said, that's the rumor mill in Illinois. Mm. Um, it seems like, you know, more and more it's getting hectic out here where people are starting to want to do what they want to do anyway. Yeah. Definitely hospitality is going to be the last thing to open. I think they all got enough sense to know that once the bars and clubs open, motherfucker, it's going to be Black Friday in that motherfucker. <laughs> um, so, you know, right. they, they, they better, I think they got enough sense not to go there, you know. Yeah, man. COVID-19, is, <laughs> you know, there ain't going to be too much social distancing for the uh, uh, get drinks in their ass. <laughs> so, nah, that's so, crazy, you know. man. So how long you how long you been in this game, man? Like, cause you're, you're in your you're in your 40s now. How long you been um how long you been bouncing for? Man, so well, I pretty much got my feet wet bouncing back in the early 90s, so mm. it's 2020. Um, so a long fucking time. Yeah, man. I I I'd say about eighteen years, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you also gotta understand, you know, security hasn't been my full time occupation, man. You know, I've yeah. had my off and on uh, stretches. 
I always tell people security is just the longest part-time job I've ever held. Yeah, man, hundred percent. And so, tell yep. us, tell us about what goes on over there. Um, tell us some stories, man. Like, what's some of the sh- what's some of the shit that you've had to deal with um, over in Chicago? Because I know that, like, with a lot of the other boys in uh, New York and Miami and um, fucking Virginia right. and whatnot, everyone's got everyone got everyone's got some good shit, man. What's what's some of the stuff that's going on in Chicago? Uh. Well, I guess I could just give a rundown of me of, of yeah, man. Where my how my kind of shit has went down, you know. Um, you know, I, I think it, I got into the security industry through really happenstance. You know, I think I remember somebody else saying that shit too. Mm. Um, but there was no pre-motivation to me becoming a bouncer. You know, um, I do have a rather uncanny, you know, relationship to the security vocation. You know, not particularly uh, unique, mm. you know, especially, you know, if you go back, you know, 15, 20, you know, years ago, if that's how long you've been bouncing. But um, definitely a bit uncanny by today's standards where security has gotten so so legal and proper, you know. Yeah. I came up in that old school era. Mm. Um, you hear a lot of guys, you know, in the industry say, you know, I always knew I was a protector, you know. Um, I, I was born to do this shit like that. Mm. You know, and I honestly believe that that's true, you know, for 99% of the really good security guys. I mean, you got to be, be built for this shit. You yeah. know, this game is definitely not for everybody. Mm. Um, you know, ha- having the willingness, you know, to keep at this shit, you know, after all the drama and, and fucked up shit I've experienced as a bouncer, you know, it became obvious that uh, being a protector was part of my uh, repertoire, if you will, as well. Um, but coming up, I was an introvert, man. You know, I wasn't saving kids from bullies on the playground. You know, I was the only child. Mm. So I wasn't bodyguarding my siblings and no shit. You know, I wasn't a rowdy kid. You know, you hear that a lot. You know, mm. I witnessed and, and experienced my share of violence as a kid, but I wasn't uh, the troublemaker. You know, I wasn't getting into fights and all that shit. Um, but there was, there was always a, a considerable gang influence, you know, being where I'm from. So uh, by the time I hit my early teenage years, all the friends, you know, that I had were gang affiliated. Um, and unfortunately, you know, regrettably, I went that route as well. Mm. And uh, I mean, that's actually what happened me into the world of bouncing. That's kind of what I was going to get at with all that um, long winded bullshit. Um, and again, we're talking early 1990s, 92, 93. I'm in my late teens. I'm gang banging. I'm getting arrested, you know, got expelled from school. All the dumb shit that comes along with being a fucking knucklehead. Mm. Um, so one one of the uh, older cats, he owned this little neighborhood lounge, and me and his nephew were good friends, rest in peace. Um, partners in crime, you know, we got into a little bit of legal trouble, um, and he pulled some strings for us. So basically, he had me come work at the bar. You know, kind of like I'm in there. You know, the less bullshit I'm gonna get into while my little criminal case is uh is uh, was playing out. Mm. Um, and they'd host DJ events and stepping Sundays, you know, one of the rappers would have their little, little concerts in their stripper parties. They gamble and shit upstairs. Um, and I was the damn janitor, man. You know, I, mm. I, I was the errand runner, the fucking snow shoveler, you know, this Chicago, the lookout, you know, because they had all kinds of nefarious activities going on in there. You know, basically I was doing all the bitch ass shit. I, I didn't want to do, mm-hmm. um, and of course, we would hang out for the entertainment shit too. You know, I'm in there underage drinking. You know, I'm fucking with the strippers. 
you know, at 17, you know, 18, you think I'm not shit, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. So um, I did have a couple intoxicated incidents that involved fisticuffs inside the bar. Um, and you think he would have uh, 86 our asses, but nah, you know, it was basically like, you know, mm. y'all like to fight and beat motherfuckers up, um, but you're going to be the bouncers too. <laughs> you know? mm. So, you know, urban dysfunction at its finest. So um, with um like you know with the way that you've grown up uh in Chicago um it's uh it's stories we always see um online and stuff like that and like when we watch documentaries we obviously see like the influence how big is influence like growing up um with the people that you hang with is it are you like are you like pushed into these uh into these crews into these gangs are you, was it just something that naturally just like, you know, you're drawn to or like, are you, is that, is it, is it just, are you just affected by, you know, how, how you know how you grow up? Um, is it, is it just the neighborhood you're living in or how does it work over there, man? Like in terms so of like getting into that like, gang it's life. Like this. Mm. Right. So like, it's like this. When... You hear about a lot of things going on. I mean, everybody in the world, you know, Chicago um, at times is kind of the poster child for uh, urban dysfunction and gun violence and, and whoop, skip and bam, right? But you have to understand all this shit happens in pockets. You know, um, this shit, you know, a lot of that shit is not happening in like Wrigleyville and downtown on the Gold Coast and, you know, things of that nature. You know, they, this is secluded to um, the urban centers, the, the communities of color. So there's a demographic about that that people kind of lose sight of when they make it a collective, um, you know, thing about violence. Um, and it's another thing people don't understand is that in a lot of communities, you're talking about generations of of dysfunction. You know, this is nothing new, man. Mm. So, you know, when we talk about I came up in the in the 90s, man, that's when it was, in our opinion, that's when it was really cracking. You know, we called it the gang war era. Every year it was almost 900 um, people murdered. You know, the murder rate was almost 900, 92, 93, 94. So you don't have to, you hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, you, people have to be pushed into this shit. Oh, it's because motherfuckers from other neighborhoods were fucking with me. There are, there's those demographics at play, right? Mm. Because a lot of times you have homeboys that might be gangbanging or, or people from another neighborhood. You could have two streets over and it's a rival gang. And, you know, your friend might be going to the grocery store. His mom might send him to the store and some motherfuckers see him and they, they gun him down or they stab him or they beat the shit out of him, right? Well, you're automatically going to have all animosity towards that shit. And, mm. some, and a lot of times that's how it starts. You know what I mean? And, and there's really, you don't have to be pushed into this. Yeah. You know, a lot of these neighborhoods, kids, are, their home lives are dysfunctional. You know what I mean? And they're looking for something. They're looking for something to belong to when they're, when they're living in fucked up neighborhoods and they're coming home to fucked up households, you see? So that gang is dysfunctional as it is, as, de as detrimental as it is. This is my family. This is where I feel... Um, involved. This is where I feel accepted, um, and this is where I can gain power. You know what I mean? Mm. You, can, you gain power, you gain acceptance, you gain notoriety. Um, you know, so it's not really, um, in my opinion. You know, every story is different. 
Yeah. Every story is different. But when it came to me, I didn't have to be pushed. You know what I mean? All my friends were gang banging. You know what I mean? And it was just something that it was like, this is this is what I'm going to do. You know, this is what I'm going to do. Mm. You know, I can't say I came from a uh, an environment where where uh, it was thoroughly dysfunctional. I knew right from wrong. Don't get me mm. wrong. You know, I'm not going to play the victim. I knew right from wrong. But when, you know, peer, you know, peer influence is, is very strong. It's very strong. And it doesn't always have to be a matter of them pushing you to do something. That peer influence could be just a matter of this is just part of my environment and what I'm going to do, mm. you know? In terms of generation, like the 90s, I grew up in the 90s as well. Um, but in terms of generation, what's your opinion on how the generation was back then to how it is like now, you know, with the whole um, gang shit? You know, so much now, a, a very little. Um, mm. You have certain pockets, especially in like the Latino community where gang banging is still real heavy, you know. But for a lot of like, you know, the like the black community, a lot, lot, a lot less of this is about gang banging anymore like it was in the 90s. Uh, excuse me. Um, now a lot of it is over drugs, you know, um, social media beats, motherfuckers talking shit on, you know, social media and it's going to spill over into the streets. You know, bitches, girls, you know, a lot, a lot of these beats are over women, you know. Mm. And back then it was a lot about gang banging. You know, you couldn't run around with your head tilted a certain way or certain colors or certain sports teams or hanging out in certain places. You know, the, the brand of shoes you might wear, the starter jacket you had on, all of that shit might get your cap peeled back in the 90s. And that's not just a Chicago thing. It was cracking like that in New York, L.A., Houston. You know, but fuck, I am, well, was, was gang banging for a while. You know, they had that shit banging in Little Rock and that blew everybody's mind, mm. you know. Um, so so this wasn't just a thing, a, a matter of it was just a, sh- a Chicago thing. Like, it was just a whole different era back then. Mm. And I don't see the same things happening now. The violence never changes. You know, that's part of the human condition. You know, that violence is not um, uh, just a matter of urban advanced demographics. You know, it's a, a human condition or you wouldn't have people shooting up, you know, theaters in the fucking suburbs, mm. you know. So so with, um, so going from that, you know, um, as a youth and then heading on into bouncing, like, uh, you know, getting looked after. Um, tell us the, the transition from that, because um, was that you, you got into bouncing when you were, what, 18, 19, 20-ish? You know, was it was it around yeah, that age? Seven, yeah. 17. Yeah, 17, 17, damn. 18, man. Yep, yeah. yep, that's when I, you know, became the bouncer, you know. Uh, it, well, I don't think it was an official title. It was just like, like I say, but it was like, you guys like to, get drunk and beat people up and shit, yeah. you know, then guess what? This is what you can do, you know? And when you, the, the whole environment of that, that we would call it a juke joint, mm. um, you know, motherfuckers would get mopped in there anyway. It didn't mm. start with us. You know, mm. when you have gambling and drug dealing and all kind of bullshit going on in the place, it's a given somebody's catching a pumpkin head, you know, sometimes worse. You know, I'm sure they had spots like that back in, in Austin, too. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, you know, this is, a, this is a bad place and bad things are going to fucking happen here. Yeah. So with that, so you're going from, you know, um, youth sort of gang um, affiliation to 
being in the club. So you're sort of going on the receiving end um, of everything. Have you ever had to deal with a lot of the people you've had problems with at the doors and stuff like that? Well, you mean as far as street shit coming? Yeah, yeah. Coming into yeah. Oh well, no. Well, actually, you know, when I first got my first nightclub gig, and that was that was a process after a lot of other other crazy shit. Um, that was one of the reasons why I had got booted out of my uh, first nightclub gig um, because you know I, I had a great opportunity working in the nightclub, but uh, my life, my personal life, was still fucked up. You know mm. what I mean? I was still involved in criminality and all that shit. Um, and a couple of times, motherfuckers, you know, they find out where you at, mm. you know, it, um, and they came up to the club starting a whole bunch of shit. And finally, management was like, man, you, you got to go. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't be having this shit coming up here. We got enough to deal with as is without this bullshit from you. And plus, you know, just even me living that lifestyle, you know, um, you start lashing out at patrons over, over bullshit because of shit that's going on. So yeah, man, definitely, man, that lifestyle will follow you, um, you know, outside the confines of a neighborhood or whatever. Mm. And how are we now? Like, is it still? Is, are you? Do you still deal with that issue when you are, you know, back on the door and stuff like that? Oh no, yeah, no, man. You, you know, like I'm an older motherfucker. You know, I've been long, um, you know, distance from the street, from street life, man. You know, mm. I, you, you grow the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like I say, by the grace of God, you know, I made it out of that shit. You know, I got a lot of that didn't make it out of that you know they're six feet under or they're in the fucking joint or you know they're fucked up you know just their life is real fucked up you know drugs and, and shit like that took them under mm. so yeah man i i long just myself from that man you know uh i'm no angel don't get me wrong i'm not trying to portray myself as mm. you know a, a lifetime fucking episode but um but yeah man that bullshit man i'm long reserved from that what's the um What's the culture like in Chicago? Is it more drug-infested or is it more like a, a drinking um, culture uh, that goes on there? It's, it's, oh, it's, well, it depends on what you're working. Mm. You know, that that all depends on what you're working. You know, nightclubs, you're always going to have uh, a drug influence. That's just part of nightlife culture, you know. Um, you're going to have drugs that sneak their way in there. You know, of course, drinking. You know, drinking is everywhere. Mm. Um, so, you know, and that's kind of preaching to the choir. Um, but the levels of things, because when you work at nightclubs, you have, um, more organization, um, at work, you mm. know, with small teams tactics and all of those things that you can cut down a lot of that, you know, mm. but then when you kind of go down the ladder, um, for example, you know, I also worked a lot of banquet halls and, and small nightclubs, like the smaller nightclubs that are in the neighborhoods. You know, a lot of times that's all that's in there. Gang bangers, you know, a lot of times, you know, you have uh, different gang uh, organizations or, you know, cartels and all of that bullshit that um, are laundering money through those spots. So you're going to have that influence in there a lot, uh, a lot tougher. Mm. Um, then you go down to like banquet halls and shit, the same thing. You know, you could be working a quinceanera or a fucking wedding and the whole wedding is the whole wedding party is our gang members. You're still going to, you know, they're not going to necessarily um, fuck with each other. Nobody must be that motherfucker that ruins the wedding, but you know, you got to watch out for people coming off from the outside or even them. Something goes wrong. You try to escort one of them motherfuckers out for some bullshit. You got a whole fucking, you know, <laughs> fucking venue out on your ass. 
you know. Mm. Um, and then, of course, you drop down to the bars where anything goes half the time because that's that's an unregulated space, you know what I mean? That's just neighborhood shit, you know. What's the um, what's the quality of the guards like? Most of the guards that you work with, are they decent or are there some fucking fuckwits? Or what's the quality of no, the guards because, like? because as far as because I freelance, mm. you know, I'm not... Uh, by the in the confines of, of a lot of the the kind of um, you know political innuendos that, that the politics that go on with a lot of that shit. Now, of course, I work venues where I'm working with that staff, you know, and then you're kind of at the mercy of whatever the fuck they've been doing. Mm. But a lot of the people that work with me, I'm running the show, mm. you know. Um, so whether it being a supervisory or whether I'm hands on or whether I'm just consulting some shit. So I get to mold. So I've gotten to mold people um, accordingly, you know. So I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't get a lot of um, shirt Phillips, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you work at, I've worked at plenty of venues that are full of shirt Phillips. Yeah. You know, you just like you say, it goes on over there mm. with management, and that has a lot to do with management, though. That has a lot less to do with um, with the guard. The you know, security personnel can only do what what you allow them or train them to fucking do, you know, man, you know, supervision and trainers have to take the responsibility for that. But if you got management that don't want to fucking pay, they want to be cheapskates, you know, and say, look, I, I know this venue is rowdy or whatever, but you know, I only want two or three motherfuckers here, or I don't want you to do pat downs because I know that they, you know, these motherfuckers are from my hometown back in wherever. Mm. Um, that's where you have the fucking problems. A lot of problems running with, with bad security it's going to be because the the venue itself is bad. The management yeah. itself is bad. And if they're hiring bad lead security, um, of course, who are they going to fucking bring in? All their fucking buddies, you know, uh, and shirt them. And that's what you're going to get. But a lot of those places, you, you expect that. Mm. You know, if you are working in a hiring venue, you're going to get that. You're going to get it because they have a reputation to uphold, you know, yeah. and an image to to maintain. So you're not going to get a lot less of that bullshit. Yes. When you go down the ladder, unfortunately, to a lot of like where I work, neighborhood clubs and bullshit like that, yeah, you're going to run into all that. Yeah, it's funny because um, like a lot of the American um, uh, bouncers and security guards um, like yourself, you know, um, I always ask that question, you know, whether or not uh, they get a lot of shit, shit guards coming through. And um, actually, almost everybody, you know, they coincide the same. Uh, they say, no, look, it's... Um, we got we got pretty decent guys on the door, or you know, it's not it's not a heavy percentage or anything like that. Um, whereas over here, fucking oh man, I tell you, man, I fucking strangle myself every time I got to go to somewhere uh, that I've never been before, and just like trying to find out who the fucking team is because I'm telling you, man, like fucking fifty percent of this industry and a lot of the bouncers over here is fucking absolutely trash. And um, I can say that mm. I can I can say that man because uh, my fucking my work speaks for itself. You know, you ask anybody that I've worked with how I deal with shit, and they'll fucking tell you. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, a lot of the guys over here, there's, yeah. there's, it's just fucking saturated, man. We get a lot of these fucking, you know, not being racist or anything, but we get a lot of Indians, you know, coming through and um, fucking doing security, and these guys are like, you know, three foot, four foot. 
tall and don't want to approach anyone or anything like that. And it's just fucking saturated, man, because there's so much dodgy shit that's happened over here where they just give everybody a license. You know, they give fucking a lot of Indians have somebody who can get the get their license for them, you know, and, and they saturate it. And because we need the numbers, we got so many venues, we got so many fucking clubs and pubs over here, like you, you need the shirt fillers. And I understand that. But that's just fucking, man, I tell you, man, when you go into a venue and you the, the, the venue wants fucking... 10 guards and uh, and about eight of them are fucking absolute trash and you know it's a heavy area and you've only got one other guy you can rely on like that's a shit that's a shit time and that's a shit go so uh, it's um yeah that's why i always ask that question like what's the quality of the guards like and it seems like most you know most most of them over there you know not too bad and obviously you're going to get one or two that are fucking absolute rubbish um but i think a lot of the a lot of what happened is happened here in the united states Mm. You know, there's been an evolution yeah. in regards to the security industry. Yeah, yeah. You know, this these are not this is not the fucking sh- sh- uh, you know shit kicker days. Yeah, that shit is long gone. Yeah. Now you have you have areas where motherfuckers are still like that. You know, I remember I was just looking on um, on Instagram. I ran into this fucking page where these motherfuckers are showing themselves pushing people out the fucking door, smacking motherfuckers around pepper spraying and shit. I'm not going to say where it was or, or who it is. That's not what I'm on here to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at this shit and it's funny because I was that guy. Yeah. I was that fucking guy. <laughs> but, 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 but when you, but when you mature and you've got some, some, you know, mileage, you know, under your fucking feet and your mindset is different where you want to be, you know, um, project yourself and conduct yourself as a professional, right? You look at those things and it's amazing. You look back and say, man, Man, what the fuck is wrong with these guys? Yeah. So you're gonna have that. You're, you, you know, it's kind of like a, um, like a social economic class within the bouncer realm. Yeah. You know what I mean? For some people, bouncer is still a code of conduct, and well, because it's still a code yeah. of conduct, yeah. you're gonna get those shit bouncers. Well, but see, the, the thing of guys like us, yeah, yeah, we recognize that bouncer is just a moniker for us. It's a term of endearment. It's not a code of conduct. Well, you it's, see what I mean? Yeah, it's funny because the term bouncer over here, we don't use that term. We don't use the term bouncer. We use the we use the term security guard or customer service operator. Um, right. We don't we don't use that term bouncer. Now, bouncer is a term that I grew up on. Like you know what I mean. Like my, you know, exactly. that's the term I grew up on. Hence why, you know, if you ask anyone, you know, um, uh, you know, the bouncer, they don't, they don't use that term. They use this term called fucking, and it's an absolutely shit term. Uh, it's an, it's an ugly term, but I learned it when I got here to Australia, and uh, they use this term. And a lot of young people, they call us sickies. You know, it's like uh, Aussies have a fucking <laughs> weird slang. They call us sickies, man. You know, sickies as insecurity. That, that's an old school. That, now that would have fit back in the day. Yeah, well, yeah, they fucking they call it fucking. <laughs> yeah, they use it over here, and I just fucking I cringe when I hear the word. I've always used the word bouncer. Like you know, growing up in New Zealand, yeah. it was just like that was that's what they were. They were bouncers, and now like everything's sort of changing. Yeah. Where you got to wear a fucking you got to wear a shirt, you know, a nice white shirt and a black tie and a vest, you know, like a fucking uh, what do you call it? Uh, one of those wedding vest thingies. Um, yeah, hey, you know I don't mind that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, depending on where I am, like if I'm in a professional establishment, like a, like a club over here, like yeah, it's it's pretty protocol. It's sort of like protocol. But you go to a fucking pub and you put a fucking waistcoat on, 
Um, you look like an absolute fuckwit. You look, you look like an absolute <laughs> fuckwit. Because the pubs is where you know the pubs over here is where everyone goes. You know, it was all the local people going to drink. They're fucking. They're wearing their. You know, they're wearing their jandals, their thongs, their fucking their shorts and their fucking singlets. And you're walking in like you fucking just come from a wedding and you're doing security. It just looks wrong, man. You know, and a lot of a few companies do that. They make you wear a fucking that in a pub. So depending on where you're at, like I, you know, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, but just some of it is just like, fuck, you just scratch your head sometimes and go, you look like a fucking idiot, you know? Um, I remember... Well, you know, like, like they say, you know, when in Rome, do it as the yeah. Romans. Um, and we get some of that here too, you know, especially, you know, working uh, a lot of the, the Latino venues, you know, mm. where, um, you know, you'll have these, uh, you know, little bars and I'll go and, you know, somebody might say, hey man, you know, could you give us some help over here or whatever tonight? And... You go in there and they've got their fucking, you know, airsoft fucking 50 fucking vest, you know, with their fucking 50, you know, ammo fucking magazine uh, pockets on. And it's like, dude, you know, you don't even have a firearm. Why you got all this fucking bullshit? <laughs> you know, cause I'm, 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 walk, I'm walking in, you know, with my fucking, you know, Levi's or, or some, some khakis and, and, and you know, a, a security, a polo that says security on it, you know. Um, so we, we get that. But, you know, I'm a firm, you know, advocate that you have to also um, look the part of where you're doing. Like, for yeah. example, there's times when we have quinceaneras, um, you know, that's a sweet 16 or, or fucking wedding or whatever party, you know, DJ parties or whatever. Mm. And we are in tactical gear. I'm in my, my 5.11s and my fucking, you know, bulletproof vest because the uh, the environment calls for that. Like, the whole you know, party fucking patient base our gang members and drug dealers and if it blow if it goes up, it's gonna go up fucking hard. Yeah. You man. see what I'm saying? Yeah. But then there's venues that I've worked at are high higher end venues where the where it's a high end wedding or or a, a, a corporate event. So I'm gonna be in my Stacey Adams suit, you know, and, mm. and I'm gonna look classic. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? So you know you have to be able to, to look the part because it's also going to project on you. You, you know, know what? Um, so either uh, way, yeah. And to bring that attention, no, you're actually right on that one because, um, see, the way I used to um, get away with a lot of shit when I was supervising sites, um, if I if I knew I had some fucking some rookie guards coming through, or I had uh, just some fucking you know like shirt fillers, if I had shirt fillers. One thing I'd I'd do is I'd absolutely make sure that they look the part, they stand the part, because they might have been fucking shit and sloppy and and whatnot. I'd make them tuck their shirt in, you know, stand stand straight. Because even if I was, you know, like I I used to fucking I used to go through the guards, all the shit cookers that came through, um, and I'd just fucking I'd look at I'd look at them and go, oh fuck, you know, I'm fucked. But anyway, I'd um, I'd make sure that they, yeah, I'd make sure that they at least you know look the part, try and look the part, you know, stand in a certain certain way, and uh, just try and get through the night. And I did that on a lot of occasions where I just fucking make sure well, they you try. Yeah, you've got to if, if you yeah, can't you do if you if you know if if you know they can't do the part, at least make sure that they look the fucking part, you know, because then it sort of gives exactly. it sort of gives the patrons the idea. Oh, he he's. You know, he looks. This guy looks serious, and I always get that anyway. People always think that I'm fucking angry all the time. You know, the way that I um, just the way. But that's no, just me. Focused. It's just it's just it's me. Focused, you know, man. yeah. People, I always get that all you the time. Like, do do you? Yeah. Seriously. They're like, do you smile? Do you take your? Hear people. Yeah, man. That's it. I yeah, go ahead, go ahead, bro. No, no, sorry, sorry. Go, 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 go. Oh no, I was just gonna say, you know, 
Oh, no, no. I was just, just kind of, you know, um, kind of reiterating your point that, mm. you know, you have to, we have to take this shit, shit seriously. You know, you have a lot of people that are saying, oh, the time, how many, uh, a million times, bro, I'll be in a, a venue and somebody will come up and say, like, why do you look so serious, man? You know, or even some, like you say, your young, younger guards or something that you're trying to train somebody and they'll be like, man, we, you know, you're taking this shit too seriously. No, motherfucker, because complacency is, is, is when the shit jumps off. You know what I mean? But, but you know, there's a saying, you know, um, you know, hours of boredom, moments of terror. You see what I mean? Because mm. you have to be, um, you have to take pride. You have to make motherfuckers take pride in this shit. And like mm. you say, you have to look apart, man. You, I don't, I don't yeah. accept motherfuckers coming in with their shit all wrinkled and their fucking shit hanging all out yeah. and all this bullshit, you know, dirty ass shoes. If you don't wear boots, I say you shine the motherfucker. <laughs> if you, know, you don't get your hair cut, shave up. That's all that bullshit. <laughs> if you, I don't care if you got Levi's in a fucking yeah. um, security shirt from the fucking swapping shop. Yeah, iron that motherfucker. That's you right. Know what I mean, and like we say, That's right. I'm everything a, is done man. on the approach. You know what I mean? That's the old pimp saying. Everything is done That's on the right. approach. And it's so true. It reminded me of the side, man. No shit. It was my Sunday gig a few years back, and I was doing the Sunday gig at a local uh, local pub over here. And um, this one Sunday, fucking, I walk in, and the receptionist lady says to me, "Oh, you got you got um you got a party out the back." And I said, oh, "Party?" He goes, "Yeah, you got a, a booking." <laughs> so I was like, "Fuck! Not only do I have to take care of the venue, I got to take care of this booking." So I remember right. fucking going out to see what the booking was. I walk at the back. There's fucking like three, two hundred, three hundred Tongans fucking event man, and I'm there, and, and I'm there by myself. Now, like, look, I'm a, you know, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty solid no, unit. I'm, a, yeah, I'm a pretty solid unit, but I know how also the, you know, the the neighborhood that we're in and how they can behave. So I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. you know, and I'm an islander too, and I'm thinking, fucking hell, man, like, you know, Jesus. So I give the company a ring. I said, I need fucking some guards. I said, send me a fucking guard because I can't handle it by myself. I'm not fucking Superman. You know what I mean? So I asked yeah. them, you know, send me about five guards. They sent me one fucking guard. They sent me one fucking guard. That's all they could find. And uh, he's still one of my good boys today. And he was a rookie when he came in. And uh, when he came in and did that gig with me. And uh, now he's like a head supervisor at one of the biggest venues over here in Sydney. But he came in and he and he did this gig with me, and I just said some, you know what? I said, uh, uh, whatever the fucking, you know, whatever the managers and that are saying, we're not going to do it. We're going to play it smart. We're not here to fucking fight nobody because if we try and fight all these guys, we're probably going to get our ass fucking beat up. Um, but oh, you yeah, know, we're yeah, just yeah, trying to contain. Yeah, we just try and look the part, try and contain the part, try and get along with them. And uh, yet they are going to get rowdy. It is what it is, but we make do. And uh, fuck, you know, it just that's what it reminded me of, man. I was just kind of like, you know, as long as you look the part, you know, because, you know, if, uh, and as long as you look like, you know, people will respect you, um, you can get away with it. You know what I mean? And and we were outnumbered, but, you know, you still got to fucking, you still got to look the part. You know what I mean? Uh, and the boys. Well, you is, know, we, we, call it com- we call it command presence. Yeah, that's it. That's and it. That, you, you have to have command presence, and that starts with your professionalism of how they see you. You know, if they see you look like you don't give a fuck, you're hanging over the fucking thing, you're on your phone. You're that's it, stories, man. You know, they're going to say, this this guy's a fucking joke. And, and look, all, our, all eyes are on us mm. um, anyway. Bro, how many times are you working a gig and you, you, you're you scanning the crowd? Because I try to make eye contact with damn near everybody in that motherfucker at one point in time. Mm. Um, 
and you're, you know, you're scanning a venue in your life, and every time you look up, there's somebody who's way more worried about what the fuck every move you're making yeah. than anything the fuck that's going on. That's you right. know what I mean? Yep. And so, you know, you have to realize that, you know, the, the that, bad, that bad element is always watching for weakness. You know, they're trying mm. to find chinks in your fucking armor. So you have to start with professionalism, that command presence, you know, uh, but you're showing respect. You know, you show that respect, um, but also the motherfuckers that you see you know, are going to try you, you have to have the command presence to make them say, hey, you know, maybe I want to think twice about this fucking guy. And that goes with your team, too. Mm. Because if they see your team working in unison and they, and shit, they're going to say, well, this ain't about me just getting at this guy because if I try to fuck with him, you know, somebody, his guys are going to fuck me up, too. You mm. know, so, so, yeah, man, it's about the whole total package, bro. But I, mm. I totally understand, man. I, I know what that's like. What they have fucking booyah tribe headlining that night or what? Why was it? <laughs> yeah. Now we got you know there's uh, just you know it's funny because I you know I'm an I'm I'm born and bred Islander you know so um and it's funny because here in Australia like it's, it's they're different uh, people don't know this but they're different um, in New Zealand we have a uh, the Islanders that are born and bred in New Zealand are totally different not totally but they're mm. different from the ones that are born and bred in Australia. Australia's got some. Okay. It's, the culture's fucking. It's it's out. It's crazy, man. It's hard to explain, but um, you know, dealing with them here, like I mean, I've always said this, and I've always said this open, open and honestly, that dealing with um, you know, my own people here in Australia is a fucking embarrassment, and um, mm. it's an embarrassment because of the way that they they treat people, that they that they fucking talk to people, the way that they um, you know, just. When I grew up, man, like it was a lot more respected. You know what I mean. A fist fight was a fist fight. You know, uh, a fucking, you know, you you drop your beef and that was it. But over here, it's a it's a different generation. It's a different. Um, it's just a different feel, and it's very hard. It's not hard to explain, but hopefully one day when you come down here, you know, or I catch up with you over there, you know, I explain to you how the difference between between the Kiwi born um, Islanders and the Australian born Islanders because they are they're fucking different, man. And so for me, it's just like fucking when I deal with them over here, I get embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like when uh, when a manager comes up to me and goes, "Oh, you got to go deal with those Islanders over there," and I'm like, "Fuck!" And I look, you know what I mean? I look to see what they're doing, and then I just fucking see shit that I go, "Fuck!" I'm embarrassed, man. You know, and I never and I've never felt sort of um, that way until I moved here, and it's something that I've had to adapt to over the last four years, and going, "Fuck, man!" Like. Um, you know why? And a lot of my Kiwi boys that are over here that I bounce with, we all get it. You know, we all get it. We go fucking hell. Welcome to Bombshell. I'm Aaron. We go fucking hell, man. Our, our people over here are embarrassing. They're not. You know what I mean? There's all this. There's, there's there's that fucking um, that res- that line of respect that you have in New Zealand. Whereas over here, it's like, they don't give a fuck, man. You know what I mean? They, they're going to get you, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's a shame, you, you know, know what I mean? Think, yeah, that's not just, just you, know, you know. You don't, it's not just you going through that. I mean, I go through the same fucking shit. Mm, you know, mm. you, you know, I'm, there's no shame in saying, in, in looking and saying sometimes, I'll know there's a certain uh, event, right? Or I'm going to a venue with something going on. Mm. And I'll say, this is going to be, 
you know, th- this is going to be a pain in the fucking ass tonight. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it ain't nothing but dumbass reeking. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. You know, mm. you know, or even, you know, blacks or whoever the fuck you're talking about. Mm. You know, you there's just certain subcultures within our people that that just they're ignorant, bro. They're just mm. fucking ignorant, man. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm man. Saying? So um, you just got to deal with it, man. You know, that's, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's a lot. You know, that's that's a lot we've chosen, bro. That, I mean, that's why we say you got to be built for this shit. Mm. It's not for everybody. You know what I mean? Right. You know, if, and if we didn't. And if we didn't love this shit, we wouldn't keep fucking doing it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know? and you know what? Like that, exp- you know? that that you do, you do. You got to be built for this. And um, you know that's it's it's a shame because uh, in mo and it's only a small percentage that that case is true here in Australia, because the other yeah. fucking percentage of them they know they can get away with it, so they join security. They go get their licenses because what they do is they hide behind the fucking head guards, you know, or the guys that are running the show. So they don't have to do any of the dog work. They just got to go outside and fucking watch a, you know, watch the taxi stand or watch the fucking, um, you know, they're what they're they're doing something totally different that you need to know. Oh, they just got to watch a, a fucking fire exit door, and so they get away with it. And that's what and that's the shit that annoys me the most. You know, is that um? There. So you know, a motherfucker like me, I yeah. would wait until you know you have you have one of those islander parties or yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. and um, and that's when you send them in. And you, yeah, you know, we, do we do that. We do that. Job all night is to, is to keep telling them to, to yeah. You know, yeah. keep telling them telling them to, to, to stop fucking grab yeah. assing. You know? Yeah. And all kind of shit. This guy's had enough at the bar. Yep. You go. You're gonna go over there and tell him he can't. That's what we. That's funny. That's what we do, man. That's what we do. Hundred percent. Me and me and my me and my couple of my other boys. We do that. Like if we get some fucking shit kickers like that, that's what we do. We'll look for some some badass motherfuckers that we're really dealt with. You know, so they got that respect oh, yeah. with us, but we know how they react. You know, if you don't know them, so what we'll do is we'll pick up someone, and that's how we, you know, we end up training them. Is that we fucking send them over, and oh, yeah. then you know they'll turn around and go, "Fuck you, man! Fuck up! Fuck you know! Fuck this! Fuck that!" And um, yeah, that's the only way. You know, that's the only way we can sort of give them some sort of fucking, you know, uh, some sort of. But it's a, and it's a, and it's a, and sometimes you gotta break a wild horse. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You gotta break a wild horse, and um. I mean, believe me, I, I've been broken, you know, in this mm. game coming up, as, as, you know, because when, like I say, when I started doing this shit, I was a fucking knucklehead. I, you can't even call us security because we were acting worse sometimes than the fucking patrons were. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm no bullshit. You know, yeah, there was man. A lot of, there was, there was uh, incidents where, you know, we were the ones in there selling drugs, <laughs> you know, strong arming motherfuckers for their jewelry and their fucking money and shit, you know, motherfuckers. You throw motherfuckers out, right? And then you're like, hey, man, take them fucking Jordans off, bro. You know, take that starter cat off, bro. You know, you know, so, so it's like, you know, and, you know, and it really didn't matter to us because yeah. you know, even the motherfuckers like, well, I'll be back. Well, you know, we're gang related, motherfucker. Come back. You know what I mean? Like, we can be, you know, you know if we're willing to ride, you in the parking lot which will be security you think you don't talk about you coming back from, you know what I'm saying you know so, so you know oh, like, I you, but man. you know you get broken man I had a you know and what really broke me from some of that shit we had an incident that, that went really fucking bad and because we didn't know how to uh, you know be security mm. like I, I ended up on the on the on the on the Oh, into the stick of that fucking shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, so, 
So, you know, yeah, man. It, uh, it, it, like, it didn't totally break me, but it made me say, man, bro, yeah. you know what? Man, it, it, we ain't. It is never. It's not fun when the rabbit has the gun. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's so, it. I always had this thing yeah. when I was younger because I've been quite fortunate anyway. Well, I, what I mean, by, I've been in some really tricky situations. We'll call them tricky. Um, but I, I, you know, one thing I'm always pretty grateful for is, uh, you know, as a youngster, uh, probably the amount of um, beat ups I got <laughs> because uh, <laughs> as I got a bit older, you know. <laughs> Yeah, because as I obviously went and then I and then going on the receiving end is, is uh, you know being on the receiving end and then going on the uh, on the offense is um, yeah it's a uh, yeah it's a good one <laughs> we'll say we'll leave it at that one we'll leave it at that for now um, man bro look but, like you know for example like that uh, like you you asked for about some stories earlier like mm, I'll tell you the story about about that fucking incident yeah man so um, we're working in shithole you know, venue was in the south suburbs of Chicago. Um, and it was this little rap concert, you know, and I, I guess you would call it like underground rappers, you know, there were no big names, it was just local guys, you know. Mm. Um, and those type of concerts back then, you know, or I'll put it this way, rap concerts today, you know, like 80, 90% of the crowd is white. You know, you know, these dudes are rap about hood shit and then they'll start fucking crowd surfing and shit, you know. Back then you know, a lot of the venues that were catering to that venue, the, you know, that genre, they were in the hood, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, it was hood niggas in there. Mm. So we had this main act, you know, and, um, they're basically gang banging on stage, you know, and there were rival gang members in the crowd. So of course, motherfuckers start getting into it. Next thing you know, all fucking hell breaks loose. And believe me, nobody gives a fuck about security during a fucking riot. It's not like the police where motherfuckers might say, well, he's a cop, let me not know. You know, they, nobody cares that you're fucking security. You know, so motherfuckers, they're throwing fucking fold-up chairs, man. Dudes is getting stomped out on the floor. You know, women are fighting his fucking titties hanging out and shit. <laughs> you know, I mean, just, you know, <laughs> the crazy shit, bro, that you focus on, uh, you know, or even remember, even in the middle of a fucking chaos, man, you know, you got motherfuckers punching you in the back of the head, and you know, and for a split second, you're like, damn, my girl got some big ass shit. You know, but, you know, we're not trying to stop shit, but, you know, my plan was basically like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to knock as many motherfuckers out as possible. I just want to survive. Mm. But that shit did, did not fucking last long. You know, I ended up getting my ass fucking kicked. Mm. You know, um, you know, and, and it, one, it made me realize karma's a bitch, mm. but, it made me say, like, you can't act like this here, you mm. know, because if this shit really pops off, like, I'm, we have no training to deal with this. That's right. You know, so, so it, it like, kind of broke that, that, uh, that horse for me, just that incident, you know. Mm. It, that wasn't the only, you know, it's not like I became an angel as a bouncer or nothing like that, but, but that was the first time that, like, shit really cracked off and, like, we were on the receiving end of that shit. Mm. You know, and, and even even though it wasn't necessarily targeted, but after the shit cracked off, security does get targeted, man. I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, because I've been in the situations where I've been not bouncing, but the shit jumps off. And like you look at security and that's like that represents authority to you. And if you don't like the fucking police, you don't like a fucking bouncer. 
You know what I mean? So mm, if mm. you get the opportunity where everybody's kicking the shit out of bounds, you're going to kick the shit out of that motherfucker right along with him. <laughs> you know? So, you know, so, yeah. so you know, I, I, you know, I got my little karma back for that motherfucker. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hey, um, yeah, it's funny. I think this is probably the longest podcast that I've done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But um, on the real day, uh, Big Chocolate Man, uh, appreciate you coming through on the podcast, man. And and um, I actually want to catch up with you again when you get back in into the clubs and, uh, you know, when you get back to work or when you get back on the door at some point, you know what I mean, and give us an update about what's going on, um, the latest over there. And, um, yeah, I've really, I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you today, brother, and I really appreciate you for uh, hitting me back and, and coming on the pod this morning and just sharing, you know, just a little bit of insight because I feel, I feel like we can go on this for a long time, bro. <laughs> I feel like oh, we, we can. can you oh, know yeah, I mean? man. I just, I just Shit. know. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but again, man. Um, you know, one thing, be, yeah. one thing if I can before I, yeah, yeah. I leave because this is something that we really, I know you've heard, you've talked about this with other guys, right? Mm. Um, in regards to, like, what can we do to make it better um, bringing in guards or, or just better for the industry um, at home because I'm really big on that. Anybody that has me on, you know, Instagram or whatever, they say, I'm always advocating for security. And one thing about um, our industry, right, and a lot of times we think it's a new guy problem or just a management problem. That's part of the problem. But I think it's a collective problem within our industry. And I believe that the problem a lot of times it's pride, man. Um, and not pride as in we have too much pride, but there's too little pride within the security occupation. You know what I'm saying? Like this can seem like a thankless occupation um, from a societal standpoint. Nobody thanks fucking security for shit, you know? And, and it can also seem like a meaningless occupation uh, from within. I think if we start to build the same pride in the camaraderie um, and like a, a willful dedication towards our security industry as like our military and the firefighters and police officers have, you know, um, because if individuals within this industry felt the same way like police officers do, for example, um, and I'm not putting us on that level of, of LEOs, but, you know, if we started getting acknowledged by society and all that, um, you'd have a lot more people that aren't just doing this shit because they need extra income or they're just going through the fucking motion. You know, if, if, if it was truly only a matter of pay, better pay or insurance or hiring selection, um, practices, we wouldn't still be doing this shit, you know, because motherfuckers like, like you and like me, a lot of the old school guys, we continue to do this job, um, absent from all of that shit. Mm. Right. Um, and if that wasn't true, you know, he, like you wouldn't be on here bitching about the Indian guards, but knowing yeah. damn well you're gonna fucking go back to bouncing, bro. Yeah, if you love it. Well, just like I love it. Yeah, that's it, man. And like I've been, this is I think this is my 15, 16 year going in, and um, like I said, like fuck, when I moved to Australia, I said I want I want out of the game, you know, mentally. I said fucking I want I want out of this game. I don't want to fucking do security. I want to go drive a forklift, or you know, I want to go and. Just do something new because security is basically all I've known since um, yeah. s since I fucking got out of high school, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like this is what I knew, um, and I just fell in. You know, I fell into it, and also, you know, and in some and in some sense, bro, I, I fell in love with it. You know, and um, 
it was just I think for me like I spoke to one of my guys um, the other day and I was talking about it you know why we got into it and um, you know I actually it's fucking like we wanted to start a company me and my me and my one of my close friends over here because we were sick and tired about um, about how the companies were treating people um, we never sort of kind of have gotten around to it because like I sort of found my love right now in terms of security on a podcast you know talking of guys like yourself you know guys that are around the world that that can um give different perspective on um on the security industry give their own opinion you know honest opinion you know um nothing's ever agreed you know you are never always just agreeing on things but it's also like a way for me to um learn as well like i i use this podcast as a way to learn you know what goes on um, around the world, what goes on in different cities, what other guys um, deal with, um, you know, how they look at the industry, like, you know, what you've just said there and, you know, about the companies and pride and um, and it's good because I, like, yeah, like, I, I just, it's an opportunity for me to learn. So when I when I talk with people like yourself, like, I learn, I'm learning, you know, I'm, le- I'm hearing something new and I'm going, okay, fuck, okay, cool. I, uh, it's, uh, and I think, like especially for our security industry, I totally feel you. Like how the military and the police are, we're such a look down upon um, industry. Is you know, it's uh, one of those things where you it's you don't think of the security industry as a career. You know, um, when if I'm to think of it from the start, I'm thinking an old rich white man is the only person who's going to get rich off it. Who's the owner of the company? It's not necessarily true, you know, because I've probably earned, um, you know, I've probably earned a million dollars since I've been in this industry you know, um, over the, over the last 16 years. Um, so it's, there is a care, there is a career path. Um, they can't, they should, you know, why, why isn't there a career path in this fucking industry, you know, as a bouncer? Well, why, there is, wh- bro. Yeah. There, there is. Mm. How many, how many times, I, I mean, I don't know if you follow, you know, like me, because I've done so many other things, because bouncing is, believe me, that's not the extent of my experience in the security industry mm. by far. Um, but when you look at guys in like uh, executive protection and cloak protection and things that nature, celebrity bodyguards, like whoopie boop and bam, you have a lot of motherfuckers that say, you know, they tell their stories. They're going to say, well, you know, a lot of my hands-on experience and how my reality check came from when I was a bouncer or, you know, when I was a bouncer and I started working here and then I moved up to nightclubs and then blah, blah, blah. Because a lot of that was my story. Mm. You know, I went from bouncing, uh, a, you know, a shit bouncing thing to being a shit event um, you know, event security. But then finally I got to into doing better things, moved into a nightclub. Then I fucking met a security contractor that was willing to fuck with me and teach me things, other uh, things. And that opened up a whole another door for shit. Mm. So there is a career path to this, but you have to have the dedication, right? Um, and drive to want to be more, bet more than just a fucking bouncer. Mm. You see what I mean? You got to remember something. This is a multi- Security is a multi-billion-dollar industry, brother, and it's growing exponentially. Private security outnumber LEOs five to fucking one, so it's not going anywhere. Mm. You see, so there's plenty of opportunity for growth and advancement. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But mm-hmm. you, but people have to be willing to take this shit seriously and um, and do the things that they need to do to to uh, become a better you know, fucking, uh, 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 you know, move up in their careers and say, look, 
this is what I want to do. But that comes with the pride. We have to get these guys to, to not just think of it as um, as just you know a shit occupation. But look, man, I am I'm I'm I say I'm a bouncer just like you do. But come on, but I never when you see me doing gigs, if I'm doing a gig where it's tactical um, or vehicle escort or any of that shit that I've done, I don't have a, a, a patch on my back or a shirt that says fucking bouncer, right? Mm. You know what I mean? If, um, you know, it's going to say something to to the effect of what I'm doing, whether mm. that's a big staff on the, on the back of a fucking yellow T-shirt, whether that's security enforcement officer, you know, whether that's, you know, whatever it may be, we have to start looking at it as from that point of view. But mm. there is plenty, bro, plenty um you know fucking uh uh ways to 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 grow in this industry awesome you know we're just not putting it out there man awesome you know man. i believe me, bro let me say let me say this and i'll quick because i keep grinding with it off but listen <laughs> um you i'll put it this way i have been fortunate like i say to have had operators that were willing to fuck with me you know to train me train with me share knowledge with me grant me hands-on experiences um i've been fortunate to have had contractors and venues that were were willing to bring me on that security and still do like i say bro you gotta understand my colorful past um put a lot of barriers in front of me for this in this industry because i was gangbanging and doing all kinds of shit bro i'm a felon you know i'm a multi-felon you see what i mean mm. so so you gotta so my that's why i say you know i have that uncanny um relationship but because I had these people that were fortunate to fuck, to fuck with me and understand, I spent a shitload of money and a shitload of personal time going through licensing curriculum that I'll never be able to physically acquire. Mm. You know, but I have a gang of certificates to frame and hang up. I still attain, I still, uh, uh, should I say, attend um, the Jamesons get me. I still attend uh, <laughs> training courses. You know, I mm. still attend seminars. I still research and study. I have a library full of paperbacks. I have a fucking Kindle Fire full of ebooks, all related to security and skill set improvement. Mm. I'm constantly watching videos and listening to fucking podcasts. You know, podcasts have become a tremendous resource for soaking up game from other security professionals. Mm. You know, if I had a top 10, or not even a top 10, man, I would say, guys, start listening to like Tower the Velvet Rope. Mm. Managing violence. That's one of your Aussie brothers. You know, conversations in close protection. Byron Rogers have a, has a podcast that has a lot of great artists. The Sydney fucking Boxer podcast. Come <laughs> on, guys. Get with it. You know what I'm saying? Mom. You know, you know this, brother. You're going to have to spend money and time and effort if you want to be good at anything. That's right. You know, am I right? 100%. And understand, like I say, being a felon, I'm a liability, bro. I'm a mm. huge fucking liability, so I have to be good at this shit. I have to take this shit more seriously than the average motherfucker with a fucking security patch on his vest mm. or security screen printed across a fucking T-shirt because it makes no difference whether it's a nightclub or a neighborhood bar or a banquet hall or a fucking car show. If Big Choco fucks up, it's not only my ass in a sling, it's the venue, it's the mm. client, it's the guys I'm working with. You see what I'm saying? No, so even though I'm just a, an old school freelance bouncer, in most respects, mm. I have to maneuver like I'm tier one because of my liability factor, if that makes any sense. No, and if motherfuckers would have that same attitude, you that mother there would be more career advancement in this shit. Because everybody says I was a bouncer at some fucking point in time. Uh, you're not wrong about that one. 
I think every male that I know over here was a bouncer at some point. <laughs> no, but I fear you. I fear you. I fear you on that one, man. Because um, you know, guys like yourself that have um, like your story that you've uh, talked about. You know, you've come through, and it's almost like this is your option. This is your fucking. This is. People out there, guards out there, they have so many fucking options. They want to do so many different things. I feel like no one really wants to commit to this fucking industry. Um, oh, I have options. Mm-hmm. I have options. Mm. Bro, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a construction heavy laborer. Mm. I, I'm a, I, I, I build fucking, you know, you're on my Instagram. I've got fucking three Cadillacs. You know what I mean? I build fucking lowriders and shit. Bro, that, I have options. That's a cop-out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. why I say you have to love this shit because, bro, there's a thousand other fucking jobs you can do besides being a fucking bouncer. I don't give a fuck if it's working at fucking Walmart. I don't mm. give a fuck if it's working construction. I don't give a fuck if, fuck if you're selling shit on fucking eBay. No one has to be a fucking bouncer. This ain't the old days where motherfuckers get out of prison and it's like, yeah, I'm going to go fucking bounce because anybody will hire me. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to be, be a bouncer nowadays because you, because um, everywhere has to be fucking licensed. This is some legal shit nowadays. Mm-hmm. You can't just get away with going and bouncing in a fucking club with no fucking consequence. Motherfuckers want to see that fucking license and shit nowadays. Mm. So no, nah, fuck that, you know. Hundred percent. So with the with the new ones, the new guys coming through, is this a career path that they should be looking at? What's your What's your honest opinion on it? Okay, you know, I can answer that. Um, I would say, as far as new guys go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be, the, any new guy that comes in, and this is where it goes back to pride. If you're coming in here, right, with the, with the attitude of, this is just some bullshit that I'm about to do, right? Or, or, you know, I think this would be cool or I need some extra money for fucking college or some shit. No, it's not going to go anywhere. I don't have any advice for those guys. You want to know why? Because there is no motivation to do anything bigger than this. Mm. But if you see someone who's too, who they've got that kind of, they've been playing around of Call of Duty and like, man, I want to be a bouncer bro and one day I want to be in the fucking army and move, move, move. Well, you see, they, they have a fire under them, and they, they're telling you that, like, man, I, I know I'm a protector. I want to want to be a sheepdog. Them are the guys that you that you embrace because if you get the, get a fire under them and they take this shit seriously, that's what I would tell new bouncers. Take this shit seriously. If even the ones that, that don't take that that uh, don't have any motivation, other, I, I okay, let me say this. I do have advice for them. Don't fuck up. Mm. Just don't fuck up. Because there's too much liability nowadays. Just go do what you think. Like you, I heard you say in one other fucking podcast that you'd have motherfuckers guarding that fucking tree. Go guard that fucking tree. <laughs> just don't fuck up. Don't let, don't let them catch you pissing on the tree. Don't, you know, don't, fall, don't 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 sit down and go to sleep by the tree. Just watch the tree and don't fuck up. Mm. But the motherfuckers who are looking at this as an occupation, okay, you can mold those guys because they're going to take it seriously. They're going to be gung ho. And, and you and you want them to feel pride. You want them to feel that they're contributing. You're not just here because because we we need a fucking guard and you happen to get on this job. Mm. We're here because we fucking need you here. 
And when you make somebody feel fucking needed and appreciated and feel like they're going to like they, they've got something bigger than this, they're going to break their backs for you. And they're, they're going to do everything they, they can to learn. And if they have that driving motivation, that's when I would tell them, look, now you have to also be willing to um, use all the external shit at your, your disposal um, to be a, a better guard for yourself. Just like I told you, all the shit that I do, mm. paying for, for licenses that, that, and, and seminars that I'm, I'm never going to be accredited for, I don't give a fuck about the accreditation. It's because it's there and I need to stay on top of my game. Mm. But, well, they do have those opportunities. Them licenses will mean some shit for them. You know mm. what I mean? Those accreditations will mean some shit with, for them. You tell them, look, here's, here's some training shit. Look at right now, civilian tactical um, um, training has been has grown like wildfire so you don't have to be law enforcement or some shit you can send these guys to these tactical training courses so they can learn small teams tactics and all that shit bro you can go on youtube you can COVID 19 has put so much training online now where you can where these guys can go and start learning about threat assessment and all kind of fucking bullshit you see what i mean Mm -hmm. we if you if you take your team to the next level you will have guards that want to perform on that next level, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, Understood. and that's what I would do. I, I would start doing with all these new guys coming in. You know, mm-hmm. you treat them accordingly, brother. If you find people that don't want to fucking um, do anything but be that, and they've shown you that, some you know, you can't beat it into motherfuckers. You look for people with natural talent and mm-hmm. natural drive and motivation. You know, you utilize the the, the pawns. Let pawns be fucking pawns, bro, on the chessboard. And then, uh, then you look for your rooks and your bishops and all that, and you start maneuvering them more carefully. I <laughs> oh, love that, brother. Love it, love it, love it. Um, big chuckle, man. Appreciate you coming through on the uh, podcast, bro. It's so much insight. I actually can't wait to listen back um, on this podcast, man. And, and um, man, just some of the stuff that you had today, awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you coming through on the pod, man. And uh, sharing your man, knowledge and your you me, man. nah, man, like nah, for real, me, for real, is real um, eye opener. You know what I mean? Especially listening to you uh, speak so passionately, and um, yeah, just getting getting. Now I got yeah, man, just just now just, I yeah, sorry, man. Go. Now I gotta go watch fucking once for warriors, bro. <laughs> <I gotta go laughs> man. Nah, again, man, brother, I really appreciate you, man, and uh, hitting me back and uh, reaching out. And I'm glad, you know, I don't want this to be the last time. I want to get I want to get back in and. and um, and do no, you can put me on a, us on a three way with door guys, so we can fucking oh, get, yeah. get ourselves banned from the from the fucking podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah <right> there. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'll hit him up. I'll hit him up. Let's do that. You know what I mean? If I can figure out how to fucking, <laughs> if I can figure out how to record something like that, then um, no issue. But um, yeah, man, like again, man, fucking such an eye opener and um, just the knowledge you have, brother. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, guys, if you want to reach out to Big Chugger, you can hit him up on uh, Instagram. Uh, I'll uh, post a link up on my um, Instagram or whatnot, and I'll post it around. Um, also, podcast, check it out on uh, com. I think it's fucking still running. I haven't been on the website for about a, two, a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, with the corona and all whatnot, um, take care. Uh, Big Chugger, again, brother, appreciate it. Um, any last words? Sign out. Sydney Bouncer Podcast.